0: Yeah. So you know what? The definitely positives is that these clients, they maintain and take care of the property as it's their own. And it is. It is their own. They, are, they chose it. They decided what street, what area of the city they wanted to be in. You're listening to The Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you wanna live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.
1: Welcome back, Right Club Nation, and you are listening to The Right Club Podcast. And my co-host, Alfonso Salemi, is actually in the hot seat today, and I'm interviewing him so you guys can all hear his background, his story, his strategy, and why he is here today with us, and other than being my co-host, which he is awesome, he's also a very, very successful investor who actually completed his 100th property close deal, or whatever you call it, and he's my age, my age, you're like 34.
0: Yeah, at the time of this recording, I am thirty-four. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're probably going to kill me, but you know what? I think that's a huge accomplishment because you're a millennial and you've got a hundred deals under your belt.
0: Yeah, we're really excited about that, and it's really snowballed the last few years. So, like you're saying, whatever you call it, but it's a hundred rent-to-own properties that myself and my business partner Adam, with you know, obviously Jag Properties, that we've been able to put together. The big majority of those are with joint venture partners, and again, we're just able to help people that can't qualify. For their homes get into into their properties and for investors for a great return on an investment on their money right so, so it's cool. so I, w-
1: I want to ask you all about it today and I think that it's going to be awesome for people to get to know you and to be able to reach out to you as well and one of the things is that I really admire is that you're so approachable You've, you're so successful but you're very humble and you're very accessible and you're sometimes there's investors that have so many deals and they've got like a big head and they think that they're superior but you're like you're awesome you're like you're like the guy that everybody can be friends with which is awesome
0: <laughs> yeah I just physically have a big head so that, that's <laughs> mentally not really just physically got a big head
1: <laughs> <laughs> awesome so I want to know when you got started and how
0: so I guess it kind of goes back to I, I was on vacation and somebody had for some reason I had the the, the book rich dad poor dad was there on vacation and, and I just read it. I'm not a huge book reader on vacation. I love reading books because you're hanging out by the pool. You got nothing else to do in the day-to-day life. It's kind of tough, but I never read books. This was like, even through high school, like college, I was, if I could avoid reading the book, I was the guy that actually went to go buy the Coles notes. So I picked up this book, uh, the rich dad, poor dad book, and I read it like in a day and a half. And then I read it again on the same vacation. I was like, and it was a great book. Setting to read this as well too, like on a beautiful beach awesome water waiters drinks pools like it was beautiful And it was talking about this financial freedom and how you can build this life that residual income You don't have to go trade your time for money You don't need to show up somewhere and not the kind of person that likes a routine or a schedule And you've kind of got to know me the last little bit as well, too I'm, I'd like to kind of just do what I want to do what I want to do so this it, it resonated with me so much. And uh, when I got back from vacation, I started hearing promotions about coming out to this rich dad education classes. So there was like a weeknight thing. It was like a Thursday night from like six to eight o'clock or it was a free event. Come out and then and, and they were talking about oh, this real estate investing. This is how you do it. You invest in real estate, passive income. And okay, they sell you on the course to go for the weekend. And it was like a couple hundred bucks, not a big deal. And then I kind of went into the weekend really, really skeptical. I was like, all right, they're going to just try to sell me more. That's what they did at the free event. They got me to buy the lingerie. I know something's coming. So they started on the Friday, and I want to say his name. His name was Pip Stella. I think he still is with uh, the Legacy Group or Rich Dad Education, whatever it's called now. But he was such a great speaker, and he commanded the room. The first day, I was still really skeptical. I was like, hmm, this guy is so good at doing real estate, making money. What's he doing at the front of the room, right? And then the Saturday part of the event, he was talking about breaking it down and the different strategies. And they talked about rent to own and they talked about flips and multifamily and lending and wholesaling and all this type of stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, so this is actually real. There's some content behind this. And then by the end of the day, Sunday, I was like, I need to do this. I need to, I need to do this. I can't, I need to take that step. And there's really good salespeople in the room as well, too, that made me believe that I need to, but I did it and I made a huge investment. I spent about $25,000 or so went through the education, took all the different classes, and what really stuck out with me was uh, the rent-to-own class. It was just something I was like, oh, wow, this is really good. You don't need money to go in there. You can use joint venture partners. You can get all that type of stuff, so I really, really followed up with that. I got a mentor that had done, and now he's our head of our credit team and our our credit specialist, Emil Jelnick, and uh, yeah, he just kind of showed me the ropes along with him and his business partner, Ron Tenbrick. They kind of showed me the ropes on how rent-to-own works, what to look for, how to find clients, and, and then I just kind of just went out and started started doing it, and a few months into that, I got an email from my now business partner, Adam, and it was exactly a deal that, that you taught to look for in these classes, and I was like, okay, I had a little bit of money at the time, I had some savings, I had a good job so I could qualify for a mortgage, and I was like, I want to do the deal, I want to be your joint venture partner on this, but... I want you to teach me every step of the way because I want to go and do this myself. And he was great. I don't know how we're still now friends and, you know, and still partners, but I kind of put him through the ringer, asked him so many questions, made it real difficult for him. And, uh, but yeah, we did that first deal together and that relationship grew from that point there. And we said, well, we can do a couple more ourselves, or do we want to you know continue to scale this and do a lot more? And that's kind of where it started. I know that was kind of a long answer, but, uh, that was the real start of it. it. Was that Rich Dad, Poor Dad book? And, and that got me sparked that there was another way versus going just trading my time for money.
1: That that is really cool. It's a really awesome story. I knew parts of it. I didn't know all of it, which is awesome. I think that amount of money could scare people, and it is a lot of money. I'm still torn on how whether or not it's good, but I will say that it's good for you because you took action. And so Absolutely. if you're somebody that's going to take that action after you learn. Yeah. then absolutely it's, it's worth it if you're just going to learn and then you kind of sit on the sidelines and i'm sure a lot of people in your classes and in any classes yep. some take action some don't and so you can apply what you learn or you're not going to apply what you learn and i think you did and that's why and how you got to where you are today that's that's an awesome story
0: yeah and, and i give and i give the same advice that you know the 20 25 thousand that i spent it kept me up at night it kept me up at night. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I know I, they had the 10-day the contract period, right, where the 10 days to change your mind afterwards. And I remember it was like getting to the – like it was the ninth night. It was the 10th day. I was like, no, no, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go with it. But it kept me up at night. that I was like, I need to do something with this or else I just wasted $20,000. You know me. I could go and spend that shopping on shoes or, or, or clothes or something like that really quick. And I was like, no, I, if I had this – if I spent this $20,000 on this, I need to make it worth it. And you're exactly right. I don't think it's so much the class or the course or the education. They all have value. You can learn what you need from one of those. You don't need 10. You don't need 50. But it's what you do with it afterwards. That knowledge is there to learn, to acquire. People are sharing that all the time. But it's what you do with that and how you apply it that really makes the difference.
1: Absolutely. That's really cool. So, so you met Adam, you did a deal with Adam, then you said, Oh, you know, how do we find other investors or other people's money? So walk me through, like, how do you go from one to hundred?
0: Yeah. So again, yeah, we kind of maxed out our mortgage capability and what we had in terms of that. So we said, well, we need to do more. And, and like you just mentioned, a lot of people in those classes or not a lot, but several of those people in the classes, didn't take action, but they had learned that knowledge. They were comfortable in their nine to five jobs, in their in, in their, in their role, they didn't want to leave, but they had that information that they knew that they should be investing. So that was the first group of people that I approached, it was the people that I already knew, that I met in these classes, that I knew that had an interest in real estate investing. Hey, they just paid the same amount of money that I did to go learn about real estate investing. So if they weren't interested in it, who the hell is interested in real estate investing? So I approached them and said, okay, you know what? We would go out and find tenant buyers. We put the deal together. We just needed somebody to invest. And it was kind of like an, an easy pitch because they had already, the way that I was explaining the rental, they had already learned the class right beside me. So they had gotten the principles of how the rent own worked, of the tenant buyer, you know, the returns on how the, the deposit was used and all that kind of stuff. So teaching them about the rent own that was the easy part. Getting them to trust me that we could actually implement it and do it that was, that was the key part, and, and it was essentially from that first deal that we did where I kept Adam accountable the whole way, and it was like, I was so scared. It was my first investment, and hear all the stories, and I know but your spouse, Matt, has those same stories about the tenants and the toilets and all the bad things that can happen to the properties. I was terrified, and it was a rent-to-own property, and I was terrified. So I kind of understood where people's limitations or where their fears were, because I was there. It was there myself. I was like, come on, let's just do it. I did it. So why can't you, right?
1: So was it something specific that convinced them to say, yep, Alfonso's the guy that can do it?
0: I'd like to say it's like my pretty face, but I honestly think it was that we were, we were putting our money where our mouth was. We weren't just saying, hey, you should do it, but we don't ourselves. Is that why we were going to, you approaching them as investors, is because we were capped out ourselves. We, had, we couldn't get any more mortgages ourselves. We knew how to do, We had, at that point there, there was like, between Adam and I, there was about five deals that we had worked on, that we had put together, that we had started putting the process in place. We had wholesaled a few as well too, as we put them together, because we didn't have that huge investor list. So we had people that knew how to close them. So we said, hey, why not generate a little bit of revenue uh, at the same time? But I think that was the key difference, was that, hey, I did it. This is what I did. I'm, we're going to show you the exact same thing as if I was doing it myself, because that's the only way that I knew how to do it, right? So... And a lot of it was like the mentors actually coaching and teaching and understanding what people's fears are. People buy or invest for different reasons, right? If it's for for cash flow, if it's for long-term equity. So understanding what they wanted in terms of a return, right? Or what they wanted in an investment, I should say.
1: Yeah, no, that's really cool. So I think there's probably a few people listening saying, what does rent to own really mean? What is it? How does it work? Can we talk about that a little bit?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's there's a few names out, out there like rent-to-own and lease option and option buy and all that kind of stuff. So really at the end of the day, a rent-to-own property or rent-to-own project is really, what we do is there's a couple different approaches, but we use the client-first approach. So we find a client, let's call them Mickey and Minnie, and they can't qualify for a mortgage for one reason or another. They don't have enough down payment, their credit score is in the toilet, or their income is not cleaned properly. Or maybe they haven't re- returned their taxes or things like that. So with, with what, figuring out what that issue is, we typically, over a three-year time span, help them fix that issue. Now, that's the tenant buyer side of things. We, we realistically work with our credit team to understand what we need to do to fix their situation so that they can buy, whether it's credit, income, or down payment. On the investor side, we're buying an investment property. It's a, a Typically, it's a single-family home but the clients get to choose it because we've set the budget out for them. But the investor is simply buying the home as if it was a normal single family rental property and buying the home. We sign a lease with our clients because they're going to live there. And then we also sign an option that they have the first right to buy it so that when they fix A, B and C or whatever those issues are, they have the option to buy the property. It's a predetermined set of time, typically three years. It's a predetermined sale price. So we, we know, the client knows, the investor knows what we're going to be selling the property for. The client knows what the type of mortgage they need to get at the end of the property, how much down payment they need to make, what their credit score needs to be. So yeah, we're helping those people that can't qualify get into the home uh, and then eventually own the home and sell back. So, you know, I joke around, it's like rent to own, but really it's like rent to own right at the end, right? So for that tenant buyer to, to get in at the end, yeah.
1: Oh, that's really cool. So is it harder to find a tenant or an investor to hold the mortgage and put the down payment down?
0: These days, there's both challenges. There's challenges for both, for sure. But today, to find a qualified tenant buyer, it is tough. We definitely see a lot of potential tenant buyers coming in and we're getting more applications completed and sent to us on a daily basis than, than we've ever seen before. But then it's setting expectations that are realistic for the tenant buyer as well, too, where their income may be Lower, but they want that six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollar home, and they think rent to own is going to be the key to do that. Well, it can be if you start small today, get back in a financial footing, you gain some equity in a home, and maybe you buy that four hundred thousand dollar home today, build some equity, get in there. And after the rent to own program, and two years later, you build some significant equity into the home, then you can do that and leverage that type of stuff. But yeah, today it's definitely, yeah, to find a good qualified tenant buyer it's tough because one of those three things typically are deficient sometimes too, but when you have all three that there's bad credit, no income and no down payment. Yeah. They got to be looking in Bradford and renting in one of your places because you can't help them with rent to own.
1: Well, I am still picky with who comes in there. So
0: <laughs> yes, well, that's right. Yes, absolutely. I'm just saying, but the, yeah, yeah they're never going to buy the house. Right? So. Right.
1: No, of course. <laughs> and so the down payment that you look for is what 5% give or take?
0: Yeah, typically around 5%. Yeah. And again, if it's, we, we want our clients to have 10% at the end of the program. So the more they have upfront, the lower their monthly payment's going to be to accumulate that, that option, the, the payment at the end of the term, right? So,
1: so there are some benefits, obviously, of rent to own versus a regular buy and hold. And there's some negatives. So what are some of those?
0: Yeah. So you know what? The definitely positives is that these clients, they maintain and take care of the property as it's their own. And it is, it is their own. They are, they chose it. They decided what street, what area of the city they wanted to be in. So they really maintain, take care of it. So in terms of maintenance cost, there's there's none. And it's actually written into you know our separate agreement that they are responsible for those repairs uh, and maintenance. And it's actually quite opposite. Another benefit is that they're improving these properties. They're they're building garages, renovating kitchens, basements, bathrooms, all kinds of stuff where they're adding a lot of equity. Where I guess there would be a downside or if there was a downside is that, yeah, you are losing that long-term equity into the property. You are selling it back to the client. But that's just the strategy. I also invest in buy and holds, in multifamilies. Like I live in my triplex, right? So I know the benefits of the long-term equity. But that's just not – you have three years of pay down. That's not a lot. We are selling it back to the client. But you are cash flowing for three years. You are making a profit at the end when you're selling back to the client. So there is a benefit that you do. Yeah, do you leave some money on the table? Sure. But at the end of the day, you are helping people. You are creating a better return for investors. I think it is a win, win, win all around. So that if that was one negative, that would probably be where I'd go with it.
1: Yeah, and I think it's also allowed you, because you were in sales before, you were working full time. and So this mm-hmm. this option, I think, has allowed you to be able to increase your cash flow more than maybe a typical buy and hold that you would have been capped potentially at X number of properties but to be able to scale up to a hundred and do this full time.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I was at the time working just another sales job. I'd worked for some, some large companies, some smaller companies doing different types of sales. And, and, and I love it. I, I love the building the relationships, getting to know people. That was fun. But at the end of the day, I saw the contracts that I was writing that I was landing and then I would see what I was getting paid on it. And I was like, wait, that doesn't, doesn't make sense. Right? Like, so that's why I kind of said, you know what, I was really, really motivated inspired to say, okay, I, wanted, I want to leave my job so that I can make this my full-time job and, and replace my income. So, And I was pretty good in sales, so my income was pretty decent.
1: So now fast forward to today, like how are you finding tenant buyers, like what kind of advertising are you doing, and then how are you finding your investors these days?
0: Yeah. So you know what? Everybody loves Kijiji. We're doing a lot of Kijiji ads as well, too. You know what? Another one that we started doing as well, too, just in my local area is grocery stores. I started putting up flyers in grocery stores. Listen, everybody eats. People that own their houses, people that rent their houses, people that need to be in rent-to-own programs, they all have to go to grocery stores and buy food. So we just put up some flyers on the local board, talk to the managers to see if we can put some displays and stuff out there. That's helped. a lot of our business comes through professionals. So that's realtors and mortgage brokers, that they have clients that they've gone out and started looking for homes. And then all of a sudden the big bad lender comes in and says, nope, we can't qualify you because of XYZ, right? And uh, so then that's when we kind of step in and help, whether it's the realtor, the mortgage broker, uh, through our investors to say, okay, we can buy the property, we can operate the rental own these are good clients. It's not, they're not the bank's preferred clients, but they're not, you know, terrible that they'll never be able to qualify. They're somewhere in between and there's a huge gap and that gap, I think, is starting to continue even to grow even larger as rules and, and, and rates types of things change. So there, it is getting harder and harder for people to qualify. So yeah, I used to go around and just talk to everybody that would listen about rent to own, rent to own, rent to own, rent to own. And yeah, and you know, a few of my friends would just be like, "Okay, hey, be quiet now. I don't want to hear anymore about this <laughs> rent to own stuff. Let's just hang out and talk. But I was so excited because it was such a win-win-win for everybody. And along the same lines, like... Not so much on Kijiji for investors, but just talking, just talking to people and saying, you know, what are you investing in? Because I know from a standpoint of like, well, what's my competition? What are other people investing in out there? Right. So to find investors, yeah, like starting networking groups Mm -hmm. is one way, attending networking clubs and groups. That was a big piece of it as well, too through the education that I took, they always used to have like alumni events and I used to go back and meet a lot of the current students and things like that that wanted to get into it. So the same way that Adam kind of took me under his win for my first deal, that's what we, we've done for a lot of people as well too.
1: I'm guessing that you also have some investors that once the property is sold back to the tenant buyer, will continue to do the next one with you. And so you, I'm guessing you have a lot of referrals, but a lot of repeats as well?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And you know what, I kind of joke around. It's like, I'm not a big casino guy or big gambler, but basically I'd go into the casino with a hundred bucks and my goal was to make a hundred bucks, keep it in my pocket and play with whatever I earned. So it's kind of the same type of thing for, it's not gambling for sure, but it's still, you know, you're investing. So yeah, a lot of our investors, once they conclude on their first deal, they're moving it into, they take their profit out and they take their initial investment out and then the profit that they made on the deal, they said, hey, let's let's put it into another one. Let's keep it going, right? So where you do lose the equity, have the, the pay down on the property, you can continue to do that and invest in rent-to-owns multiple times over and over. And you're going to kind of get the same effect as if you owned a house for 25 years, right? Yeah, your name's not on the title. You sold it to somebody, but you're generating the cash flow from the property until you do sell it. So, yeah, a lot of our clients love it. We have a lot of investors that have done multiple, right? Our joint venture partners have done multiple with us. And I think the the big differentiator as well too is that we are partners with our investors, our joint venture partners. It is a true partnership where we're working with them every step of the way, reporting to them, letting them know what's going on with the property, following up with the client, taking care of it every step of the way. And if there is something that comes up in a negative or we have to pay, we're also paying that as well too. So that we are just as much tied to that property's success as the investor is. we do put our money where our mouth is.
1: That's awesome. I love that. Very, very cool. And you know, you're the probably the first person that really explained rent-to-own that I actually understood how it works because it's it's not as common as a buy-and-hold. Yeah. And you know, when you think of real estate investing, I think most people's minds go to just buy-and-hold and being a landlord. But there's so many other strategies, and you have a really cool strategy that you've made really successful and you're also making other people really successful. And I think that's really awesome too. And you've got a great reputation in in this business. So I would say whatever you're doing, just keep doing it and great job. It's awesome to see. Well,
0: thank you for the compliment. And I am a huge proponent of the kiss model. Keep it simple, silly, right? If I can understand it and that means I can explain it. So I, if it's easy for me to understand, anybody can kind of explain it. So I try to keep it as simple as possible. So I, I appreciate that compliment because, a lot of people do get hung up on how it works and how the option, who gets paid and what's the interest rate. And it's like, it's like going to England and saying, well, what do you mean you drive on the other side of the road? You can't do that. But there it's normal. It's normal. <laughs> and they're like, what do you mean you drive on the left, or right side of the road? Right. So yeah, yeah, I appreciate That's a, that's a, that's one of the best compliments that you can give me. If I can make it simple for people to understand, that's what I want to do.
1: Awesome. So I want to talk to you about your cottages. You've inspired me to get one last year and uh, how, cause you don't have just one, like you've got a bunch of them.
0: Yeah, so i know, for the people that are in southwestern Ontario, it's uh, portstanleycottages.com. That's the website. And just the way that we started doing that is we we actually did a rent to own in Port Stanley. And we were down there and obviously well my business partner Adam's from London, Ontario, he actually is from St. Thomas, now lives in, in London, and Port Stanley's like they're all within 40, 50 minutes of each other. And uh, he said, Hey, there's a there's a cottage for sale, you know, we can you know we can rent it out in the summertime, you know, we can use it on a weekend, or you know, go up there and you know, he's he's got a, a young family as well, too, to enjoy it. And I was like, Yeah, a cottage by the beach, sure, okay, as an investment. Awesome. And I had never heard of Port Stanley, so I was really like, Who's gonna go to Port Stanley? I've never mm-hmm. heard of this place, who's gonna go up there and stay? I don't know. So, yeah, he really again really pushed me along the way and said, Hey, listen, this, this is gonna be a good investment, we're gonna be able to use it. So I was like, Okay, worst case, if it covers itself, if it can make but let's try it out, right? So yeah, we bought the first one up there. It was fairly inexpensive. It was like 160, $160,000, right? So a little bit of work that we did to it, nothing crazy. And yeah, that first, we had closed on it in, I think it was the end of April. So we had done a little bit of cleaning. We had painted it up and we're like, we wanted to get it ready for the May long weekend, right? So we started putting it up on Airbnb and started just doing ads, putting like little like bandit signs around Port Stanley and advertising up there. And it was like rented out like, the whole first summer like we got up there a couple times and we were working on the cottage but it was rented out the whole first time and I'm like oh my god this is amazing I was happy but I was like a little disappointed too I'm like I didn't even get to enjoy this cottage what the heck right so (laughs) um so yeah so we said well we gotta buy another one and then uh gotta buy another one
1: because you didn't get to enjoy the first one right (laughs) yeah
0: exactly so we're like okay well if we have two okay they're not gonna both fill up we're gonna put some weeks in there or whatever and sure thing yeah they, they did the same thing and so now we're up to, we're up to four cottages now in Port Stanley we we have them on Airbnb we rent them out and yeah it, it's an awesome time like in the summertime when it is not rented and it's rare that it's not rented but i try to get up there and enjoy it in the beach and it's so cool and the whole Airbnb model it's it's such an interesting concept where you know we do rent it in the off season because there's a lot of people actually real cool thing that we found is people that are building their house and it's not ready yet so we also rented in the off-season as well, too. So we've rented it, like, the last weekend of the year that we rented is obviously Labor Day. And then we switch it over to, uh, like, off-season renters for a couple months, three, four, five months at a time or whatever that is to, to obviously still cover our costs in the off-season. But, yeah, portstanleycottages.com, I never thought I'd own, like, you know, a cottage or four cottages that... You can just go to by the beach. I have my own little like duffel bag for like my beach bag that I go up there now. So, but yeah, it, it's really fun. It's really cool. We've, people have come from like Australia and stayed in these cottages. And again, I would never, my parents, we never gone to the country. We always went to like Florida or we went on vacation. So I never got the whole cottage thing. And I was like, thousand bucks for a week or whatever, 1200 bucks or 1500 bucks. I'm like, you can get on a flight and go to Jamaica or go to, you know, Dominican or something like that. But then my partner was like, yeah, per person. Right. Right. And then I was like, Oh yeah, the 1500s for for everybody. So yeah, we have we love when there's young families up there and they get to enjoy it. It's a really really cool spot. And the real interesting thing in the last year or two. So this is about three years ago that we bought the first one. And in the last year or so, like the town or the, the city, I guess, or the little town of Port Stanley, is really done a lot of investing in the infrastructure in the city itself. Like they built a brand new pier. They have like these great walking spaces now. There's like these beautiful Condo is coming up so we're like yeah we, we we did a good job and got in there early so we're trying to find more so if anybody that wants to sell in port stanley just call us
1: <laughs> yeah i know it's i have a good friend that's from port stanley it's a beautiful beach and love the place some of you guys definitely definitely did well and it's really cool that you can rent it off season as well and the, yeah, the only thing to keep in mind is if you're listening to this is when it comes to long term stays, you just don't want to get caught up in the whole residential tenancies act. So Again, you, that's your own risk, I guess. If you take it longer, I'm mean, I'm saying you in general longer than 28 days. But hopefully, your your tenants leave so you can rent it in the summer. That's and- right.
0: Well, and again, while well, we do use a lot of the same principles in the screening yeah. that we apply for our tenants as well too, but it's the main reason of why they're coming there is a house being built, right? So our, yeah. I love our cottages, but <laughs> I'm sure they want to live in the house that they paid for and they they want to build, right? So and even yes. the other thing as well too is there's like there's contracts like london ontario like gets like the most snow that i've ever seen ever like london is like they get a lot of snow so there's a lot of people that have contracts that just work for the winter seasons up in london and then they commute back and forth to london so they're only there for a short period of time as well too so
1: that's really avenue. cool that's, that's yeah. awesome i mean you've, you've got a great thing if you're picking long term longer term tenants as well that have a house built or contracts and the contracts are coming and going that's awesome
0: solving problems that's what we do right
1: so are you going to need a fifth one to get some
0: more weekends now or what? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. We're going to keep looking. Like I said, it's getting harder and harder. And a lot more people have started hearing about Port Stanley. So the prices are going up a little bit. But yeah, we're still, we're always on the hunt. We're always looking. We're, we're down there enough to, to, yeah, to see if something comes up. We're, we'll definitely, we'll put an offer on it before it even goes to listing. If you're a realtor out there in, in London, St. Thomas, uh, Port Stanley, let us know.
1: There you go. Awesome. Cool. So the next part of the podcast is our lightning round. So Ooh. I'm going to ask you four questions and what is the first thing that comes to mind? So question number one, what is the best advice you've ever received from another investor or at a networking event?
0: I got this advice from, again, that the gentleman that I mentioned His name was uh, his name was Pip Stellick. He was pretty much the host, the, the presenter, the main guy for the weekend and what he said was, you know, when you're talking to people, really listen, the words that they're saying, those are just the words, but this, the things that they're saying is why they're saying, right? So when I meet new people at The Right Club or other networking events, and I'm asking them you know, what they're doing, what their goals are, or what, where they see themselves, or why they got into real estate investing, they'll say the things that, the, the words, but it's really the feelings and the emotions of what really drives it, right? The why, and, and really understanding what people take. And again, as a salesperson, that's so important as well too, to understand what motivates somebody that to buy because I could have the greatest product in the world but if I don't create an emotional attachment or emotional need for you it doesn't matter right so really listening to people and focusing and and just being present I think that's what that's how we put it was being being present in the moment and listening to that person right in front of you I know that even though there's like th- other you know hopefully soon at the record thousands of people all mm. around you but really listening to that person right in front of you and, and giving them that time so yeah
1: yeah, and you do that really well as well. I feel like when we talk, you're listening to me and it's awesome. So, you are you're living in the present and that's important. So, you're definitely doing what you're saying.
0: Nice. Thank you. Yeah. Well, and hopefully when I you're listening to me too. I know I talk a lot, but you get, you're you're diluting it and getting the good stuff out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Question number 2, what's your favorite real estate investing resource?
0: Oh, my favorite real estate investing resource. You know what? I would say just the, the network of people. So I don't know if you want to call that a resource, but like I, I know when I was ha- when I was trying to fill a vacancy uh, in my in my triplex here in Hamilton, I was like, Sarah's got a great great model the way to do it. I'm gonna call Sarah. I don't want to reinvent the wheel. So just the network of people that like a great resource is that I don't I don't ever want to know everything. That's actually my goal. I don't want to know everything. I just want to know enough where I can do my business and, and do what I specialize in but know the right people to call when it comes time for that thing. So yeah, it's just the network of people that I've been able to kind of acquire and, and and have around me that are really great and share a lot of information. So
1: yeah, absolutely. Great, uh, great insight there. Three, what is the one attribute that have has made you most successful?
0: Ooh, my dashing good looks.
1: All right, question number four, and I'm okay.
0: Okay. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um,
0: No. um, Honestly, I, I really think it is. It's just understanding that everybody has a story, and I learned a lot when I was knocking on door to when I was doing door to door sales. That was the first job right out of college, and I would mess up or you know screw up a sale or the way that I said it, but I had a next chance at the next door. And what I learned a lot was to listen to that person. Is that they again they're going to help you to solve the question. They're going to to give you the questions you need to ask. Right. But that's the attribute is really just listening to people and hearing them out and hearing their story and taking the best out of it. You learn what not to do. You learn what to do and what you want to do more of. And and really, yeah, just listening to everybody's story. I love, I love hearing people's stories. It's, it's, it's amazing. There's, there's 7 billion people in this world. It's going to be hard to get all of them, but little (laughs) by little.
1: Very cool. So number four, it's Sunday morning. What are you doing?
0: All right. It's Sunday morning. So now we've embarked on this new journey on the the Right Club podcast. Um, Sunday mornings, we're recording podcasts. We're going to have to talk about when it gets to like the summer months because we get some golfing in there. Yeah, yeah it's Sunday morning. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm recording the podcast or I like to get onto the golf course or be outside. A couple times a month, I try to go to, uh, to church with my nonna. That's my grandmother. So that's uh, on a Sunday morning or a Saturday evening. But yeah, golfing, recording podcasts, Church with Nonna. And then Saturday afternoon is like the big Italian meals at home. So that's my Sundays mostly.
1: Very cool. That's great. So Alfonso, where can people reach out to you?
0: So two places. One, definitely, therightclub.com. My email there is alfonso at therightclub.com. Definitely check out. I'm really excited. We're launching our new website, uh, JAG Properties. That should be up and active any minute now. So by the time this is out there, it's it's going to be kicking. So jagproperties.com, and you can find me there at Alfonso. It's A L F O N S O at jagproperties.com. J A A G properties.com.
1: Perfect. Any last words of advice for the listeners?
0: Yes. Go out to our events. Listen to our podcast. Join our online community, and really go out there and find what that why is, what that passion is, what's going to drive you. It's not the houses. It's not the tenants. That's not going to drive you. Figure out what that why and what's going to drive you. That's going to help you so much in your business to guide you in those hard moments. That's going to be that light at the end of the tunnel that's going to keep guiding you there to get you through to get those hard moments. But yeah, this was so fun, Sarah, and I'm looking forward to keep doing these podcasts.
1: Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being my guest in the hot seat today. I think for the, for the rest of the, to the time, we're going to be interviewing together our amazing guests, but you were in the hot seat today. So thank you for being an awesome guest.
0: Awesome. Thank you. And thank you, TRC, Great Club Nation.